Aloha! Welcome to the Haleo Nakaula podcast. We are based upcountry on the stunning island of Maui. If you have any questions or want to know more about us, you can always check us out at hokmaui.com. We would love to connect with you on social media throughout the week on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Today, our pastor, Daniel Oliveira, expounds on the story in 1 Kings 17. Even though Elijah was a prophet, he could not solve his own problems. He had to rely on the miracle God provided through the poor widow. We need to get out of our comfort zone and appropriate the provision God has given us through relationships. How are you guys doing this morning? Good? Okay, so this is the, the thing about the Word. It's like the Bible. You read a story and God speaks to you and then maybe months later years later you read the same story and God's like opening more and more for us I read this chapter not too long ago 1st Kings 17 and talking about Elijah and and the drought then I'm waiting on the Lord, and it seems like it keeps opening up and opening up more and more for us. Okay, so I want to I wanna read this story for us one more time. But I want this to really open something for us. We're not going to get anywhere without discovering the, the provision that comes from the Lord in our oneness. It is like Ephesians 4. There is no growth, there is no maturity, there is nothing except by the body coming together and every joint supplying. You know, we, we, will, we will build up by that which every joint. That means if I am not open to give and receive, I, I'm stuck. And I don't know about you, but it is scary to be stuck. It is scary to be going nowhere. You know, this is why to me I'm going, always going like, okay, what is the Lord speaking? What is the next thing? What is, where is God taking us? You know, like we talked about that last Sunday, about being in a generation where God is not doing much. I mean, it is frustrating, right? Because then you go like, wait, there's nothing changing? And I don't think that we are in that time. There's times when God did something, and people that were actually believing for God to do something, they missed it. So that's scary too, right? So we're going to talk about Elijah. Elijah, like... He had one credential. I am Elijah who stands in the presence of the Lord. So the life of Elijah is pretty amazing. We're going to read one chapter here, and it seems like, poor guy, you know, there's nothing going on for him. (laughs) But that's not the truth. I mean, he had a living word. He had a powerful word. He called fire from heaven, right? With the 400 prophets of Baal, you know, they're like, okay, let's see, who is God? My God or your God? (laughs) So you try first, 
You cry out to your God, bow, and if he hears you, you know, he will send fire and, and burn the sacrifice. And the 400 prophets, you know, poor guys, they cried and screamed and they cut themselves. They were like, oh, come on. And nothing happened. And then Elijah, give me water. Like, or water and the sacrifice, making everything even harder. And then God came and burned the sacrifice, burned you know, dried all the water, and then he killed all those 400 prophets. And then Israel was like, oh my God, this is the real God here. We better listen to Elijah, right? Didn't last very long. <laughs> so this is just to paint a picture that, hey, this is not just like a, a failure prophet. You know, it's not somebody that, you know, that prayed and prayed and prophesied and nothing happened. This is like a real, the real deal. And I think that, you know what? I think that you are the real deal. You are like Elijah. We are the house of the prophets. We believe that. And we be, I believe that a lot of our prophecies, all of our prophecies really cause an impact. But a lot of times you look at yourself on a, a day like after that, you know, like I'm going to run for my life. Because now Jezebel is coming, you know. So this is the man of God with a powerful word, changing things. But the next day he's fearful. Isn't that like a picture of our lives sometimes? Yes. All the time? <laughs> you know, so I bless this because this is the Lord showing us a blind spot. He's showing us a blind spot here, and I, I, I'm hoping that we get it this time. Yeah. Yes. Now Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the settlers of Gilead, said to Ahab. So this is Elijah talking to the king, okay? As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives before whom I stand... Surely there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. Right? So this is a prophet saying there's going to be a drought. The problem of the prophet is that he is also affected by his word. <laughs> because you cannot prophesy a drought and not be living in the circumstances of a drought yourself. Right? And the word of the Lord came to him saying, Now go away from here and turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook Cherith, which is east of Jordan. And it shall be that you shall drink of the brook. I have commanded the ravens to provide for you there. Right? So God is saying, You are a prophet, you're going to speak a word. Everything is going to be affected around you. But I'm going to provide your sustenance by this little river. Okay? So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and lived by the brook Cherith, which is east of Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. 
And what wonderful is raw meat, right? Yeah, something that they found dead already. Roadkill. <laughs> okay, and it happened after a while. Now things start getting interesting here, right? After a while, the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. Right? He spoke and he created a drought. What happened? The brook dried up. I think that this is when we heard the word, the kingdom of God is relationships. And everything starts to dry up. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarephat, which belongs to Sidon, and stay there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. This is all wrong. Everybody's hungry. Everybody's under the drought. And this prophet, God tells him, go a widow Somebody that's maybe in an even worse situation than you are is going to provide for you. Right? So he arose and went to Zarephat. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please get me a little water in a jar that I may drink. I mean, that's kind of bold, right? Hey, you lady, come here. I am a man of God, I'm a prophet, I can bring fire down from heaven, I can speak a drought, and I cannot, you know, create a miracle provision for myself. I depend on you getting water for me now. And as she was going to get Get it? He called to her and said, Please, <laughs> bring me a piece of bread in your hand. Not only that, now you poor widow, come and feed me. Take care of me. But she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have no bread, only a handful of flour in the bowl and a little oil in the jar. And behold, I'm gathering a few sticks that I may go in and prepare for me and my son that we may eat it and die. Things were rough. Everybody was starving. You know, there is a, another part of the story of this time. You guys remember that, right? I think it's in Chronicles. That they were like, eating pigeon's dung. Remember that? I mean, things were really hard. When he spoke this drought, everything. Remember the, the, the ten lepers? I mean, that was the siege in Samaria. So this is like real powerful words of a prophet, but here is his depending on somebody else now. Because even the power of his word and his prophecy could not solve 
his need except through a relationship. Then Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go, do as you have said, but make me a little bread cake from it first and bring it out to me. And afterward, you may make one for yourself and for your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bowl of flour shall not be exhausted, nor shall the jar of oil be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain on the face of the earth. So she went and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and he and her household ate for many days. The bowl of flour was not exhausted, nor did the jar of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke through Elijah. Are you guys getting the point here? And I think that this is, this thing of oneness, or our relationship, the kingdom's relationship, is like a blind spot. <laughs> that we, we hear and we, we think we're, we see everything, but then we keep going, oh yeah, but I'm going to wait on the Lord now. I'm going to go prophesy here. You know, but a lot of the circumstances are pointing us and forcing us, and everything is drying up, because now we're going to have to enter in this oneness relationship. Elijah could have found, have found, you know, a bowl of oil himself and make that provision for himself only. Isn't that amazing? I mean, he was as much as her salvation as she was his salvation. Without the prophet speaking the word, her provision would not last. But he also did not have what she had. Does it make sense? L listen to this. Two things here. First, in a, in a, for a while, he had to listen to God and do what he, God told him, go to this little river and stay there. God even allowed him some protection for a while as an individual. God was in it. God was okay with him being isolated and being under some form of a covering for a while. But at some point, that ended. And I think that this is where we are right now. The, the, the level of protection and immunity and isolation to the drought as an individual is over. Yeah. Now we need to go find the relationships where you are going to be as much as the answer as the other person will for you, for your survival. At God's direction, Elijah went to the brook, and the ravens were commanded to feed him there. You can almost imagine his thinking. Well, now, why this little river here? Why do I have to be here? Why can't I be doing something else? Well, just because that's where the protection was. <laughs> right? Elijah would have been very hungry 
If he reasoned that way, if he would just go somewhere else, because the, the blessing would not be there. And how many times we, we were taught and trained to follow the leading of the Lord because we knew where the leading was and the protection was, right? You can be certain that wherever God directs you to go is exactly where your source of supply is. He has commanded the ravens to feed you there. You know, I keep thinking about the prodigal son. Even through the hard times, that kid was somehow protected. Even if it was the pigs or the ravens or some, somebody else, you know, the, the Lord was providing for him. But then at one point he had to get up and say, I'm, I'm going to go back. And this is what happened to Elijah. Your sustenance will always be in the place where the Lord commands you to go. You can count on it. His abundance is directly related to implicit obedience to his word. Never doubt this truth or waver in it. This is from the book Elijah and Elisha. It's from John Stevens called Give Me Your Son. This, okay, guys? There's a beautiful lesson in the story of Elijah. The Lord will bless you while the judgments of the world are all about you. While the world, you know, while you are on the mountaintop receiving food and water every morning and evening, the rest of the world is under judgment. That is a nice way to live. There is judgment in the earth, but you have a little provision, a little blessing. But one day, you will find that suddenly your blessing has dried up. That God has dried up your brook, your little river. Does anybody feel like that's happening? <laughs> you know, but to me, this is where I want somehow the Lord to be able to open the eyes of our hearts. Because he has been so faithful speaking to us over and over and over again. Hey, things are going to change. Things are changing. Hey, here, I'm sending you the kayak here. I'm sending you the, right? I'm sending you, giving you another word, another time. You're going to have to move in oneness. You're going to have to be a prophetic community. Those that survive, was the, the, the vision, will be those that live in a family spirit as a prophetic community. And I've been going like, God, Revelations 3, right? What is our first love? How do we go back to our first love? And I've been going like, you know what? I was having so much fun yesterday. I, I had the best part of my day was riding like crazy with the kids on the golf cart. <laughs> but that's like, this is where the life is. Yeah, yeah. We're creating something where there's going to be a blessing. But it's not going to be as an individual. It's going to be because we all are going to have something to offer and give. 
and we're going to create a provision that's going to be a miracle in the midst of everything else happening. Lord, bless us with this. God knows you would never move on to the next blessing if the last blessing is good enough. Right? God knows how to mature us. He always will dry up the last thing that he did. And when we don't move on, we become obsolete. <laughs> we become the last thing that God did. And then we, we become a denomination. And then God has to raise something else. <laughs> and I don't want that to happen, right? God knows he will never move on to the next blessing if the last blessing is good enough. No man, having drunk old wine, straightway desires new. The old, he says, is better. But when a man shakes a bottle and finds it's empty, he has to look around for more and take whatever he can find. This miracle at the brook of Cherith represents a miracle supply in days of judgment. But that miracle had to give way to another type of miracle, a miracle typifying body ministry. This miracle did not come through the forces of nature, right? It didn't come by a, a rock following the people of Israel in the desert. It didn't come from manna falling down from heaven. It was ministered as one person ministers to another person. This miracle involved others. I bless this for us. Lord, we, we, we're going to learn this by your grace. God is requiring of his people in this day a mutual bearing of one another's burdens. He's requiring that we should be concerned about one another and that we should be prepared to be the source of supply, the source of miracle deliverance for our brothers and sisters. This story of the widow feeding Elijah is a beautiful picture of what God will do in this day. You know, but the, the, the truth is that the answer is in you depending on somebody else because the, the provision is going to be a miracle both for you and for the person that you minister to. The poor, poor widow was to become the instrument by which a prophet was delivered. The prophet probably would have preferred to perform his own miracle. Right? Prophets? <laughs> if you could, it would just do your own thing. I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep providing for myself. I'm going to keep speaking and prophesying. And I'm going to be here prophesying that the ravens will not stop. And the river will not dry up. <laughs> but I'm going to become, I'm going to continue my life independent. But 
Without this oneness, nothing is going to happen. We have as much to give as we have needs to receive. But if we don't get out and find our provision, even our prophecies, are not going to be enough to solve our problems. We're not going to keep multiplying yesterday's provision. Today's provision is in a relationship. But this is, again, this is nothing new. Right? Right? How many times have we heard this word? I mean, this book came in the 70s. John was already talking about it. And he was saying, you're going to have to go get out your comfort zone. A lot of times, the blind spots are almost like a denial. Does it make sense? We need to do this. We need to read the Word. We need to know what we're, we're, we're supposed to do. We bless this. Yes. This blessing, you guys. Yes. I want this to... Before you get mad at God, <laughs> because things are not happening, just go back to Him and say, Lord, can you repeat the last word again? Maybe I forgot. <laughs> What is it that you're asking me to do? What are the doors that you're knocking and I'm not opening? You know, what are the things that I'm just almost like choosing to ignore? Does it make sense? The widow was to become the instrument by which a prophet was delivered. You may find that somebody that is even in a greater need than you, will somehow open the door for for you to receive a blessing. But you are going to also be a blessing to that person. The prophet probably would have preferred to perform his own miracle. I'm telling you, this is, I think this is speaking to us. You can prefer to try to continue the rest of your life to perform your own miracle. But I'm just telling you, it's not going to work. I'm sorry. Bad news. (laughs) But the good news is God has a widow waiting for you. Go find that widow. Take what you have. And open up to receive what you don't have. The Lord was not allowed to turn the stones into bread to satisfy his own hunger. Matthew 4, 4. Neither will you be allowed to perform a miracle for your own sustenance. Is that clear? Often, it is one of the humblest of God's people who meets your need. Do not despise the channel of blessing. Sometimes the greatest blessing you can receive comes from the fat, chubby hands of a little child who reaches out to bless you. Do not ever despise the source of blessings 
because the interdependence that God is bringing within the body is divinely created. And I think that, you know, with this example of the Catholic, you know, connection and all of that, this is not just speaking about us here, right? Oh, yeah, you know, I, I'm going to move, I'm going to have to call people to help me. Yeah, that's fine, that's okay. We will, you know, we'll be blessed one another, we'll be blessed. But I think this is, you know, with Elijah, he had to go beyond the borders of Israel. He had to go to the camp of the enemy. <laughs> yes. Like Christ is speaking to the Samaritan woman. You know, he had to go beyond the borders of what was acceptable. And then a whole village received him. Maturity. You may be striving <laughs> to come to the place where you can walk with God on your own. Right? You may be striving to come to the place where you can walk with God on your own. I can do it myself. Here's what he says next. You will never get there. Remember what Jesus said to Peter after the resurrection. When you were young, you girded yourself and went where you would. But when you are older, another will gird you and take you where you would not go. John 21, 18. Maturity brings you to the place where you no longer ser serve yourself, nor do you have the right to yourself. The older you become, the more you relinquish the right to, to yourself. We don't know what's going to happen this ahead of us. You know, a lot of people are fearful. A lot of people are like, oh, look at this, you know. Oh my God, it's the end of the world. No, it's not the end of the world. It's the end of this day. Right. It's the dawning of a new day. Yes. <laughs> but we don't know how long what's going to happen, what will, it will take. But I think that the word it will be our sustenance. The Word has been faithfully guiding us and preparing us for the days to come, right? This is like, it was days of judgment, days of a drought. You know, and it's almost like you feel like there is a drought right now in the Spirit. But God was able to keep the prophet even through the days of judgment. And I think that the Lord will provide for us the same way, but it will take this heart of openness, of a prophetic community, in relationship and connections with other groups and peoples all around the world, that will bring this oneness. To be honest with you, I don't trust any political party. I don't trust anything that we have seen before. But I, I have faith that God can raise men and women everywhere 
with a heart to do things right. And, and, and that's what happened with Elijah also. You know, he, one, at one point, 7,000 knees have not bowed. There are people that have the heart to do things right and, and bring changes. Somehow, I think it, was, it is necessary this coming together of us and each one giving what they have. And then God blesses that and multiplies that. Amen. But yes. Lord, we open up. Yes. We open up. We open up and we say, Lord, whatever are the areas that you're trying to talk to us, that you're trying to show us these blind spots that always bring some form of a defeat or a frustration. But you, you're, you're faithful to point those to us. And I think that this need that the kingdom is relationships. <laughs> It's not nothing new. You know, like this, I'm saying, you wish you could keep doing things the same way and, and be fine and not have to get too vulnerable and involved. Or, does it make sense? So we bless this. Mahalo for listening to this message. If you are led to leave a rating and review, please feel free to do so. May God bless you.